0: Hi, welcome once again to GP Core cool Content. In this web episode, we are going to talk about simple bacterial conjunctivitis. Uh, just a bit of a prelude before we get into it. Just remembering there are uh, a couple of types or well, you know subclasses of bacterial conjunctivitis. Uh, the main one that you'll see is simple bacterial conjunctivitis caused by staph aureus, staph, staph epidermis, strep pneumoniae or um, H fluenza more in kids. Uh, The other types broken out in the main literature include gonococcal, chlamydia, trachoma, and ophthalmia uh, neonatorum. The focus of today is on simple bacterial conjunctivitis, however, uh, and I'm going to briefly touch on uh, ophthalmia neonatorum, but we're not really going to talk about, um, I'm briefly touch on gonococcal, but we're not going to talk too much about chlamydia or trachoma. Uh, and just bearing in mind, the natural history of simple bacterial conjun- conjunctivitis is that it lasts one to two weeks and is usually very self-limiting. So in this case, we have a patient, Mary. Uh, she presents with three days of mucopurulent discharge in starting in both eyes. Uh, she's got crusting and she finds it difficult to open her eye in the morning. She noticed that her eye is extremely red. Uh, and that she is tearing up a lot. So I guess we're trying to describe simple bacterial conjunctivitis with that. Um, What are the causative conditions of simple bacterial conjunctivitis? So some of the causes of predisposing factors include having a um, preceding viral infection, uh, having exposure to gonococcus, having a preceding sinusitis, Nasolacrimal duct obstruction or a hortolium, uh, such as fusarium keratitis from moisture lock and a outbreak related to complete moisture plus. Um, so, eye drops can sometimes get contaminated and result in bacterial conjunctivitis or keratitis. So, what are the key features of history in bacterial conjunctivitis? They are a mucopurulent discharge that's thick, difficult to open eye in the morning, crusting on the eyelids, red eye, tearing, irritation. There's usually no pain. A uh, diffuse redness of the conjunctiva, and you may have a mild decrease in uh, vision. Uh, and one of, I guess, the other key features of the history is finding out whether the patient wears contact lenses what are the key features of examination in bacterial conjunctivitis. So on an exam you'll see a diffuse redness of the conjunctivae, usually beginning in one eye and then spreading. They can have a yellow-white mucopurulent discharge, it can be up to severe. It's a thick discharge rather than watery. Uh, If there is significant pain then you might want to consider the more serious uh, types of bacterial conjunctivitis vision is usually normal but you may have some smearing and you may have a mild visual acuity decrease down to uh, nine on six. You'll see crusting on the eyelids there usually won't be any lymphadenopathy and you might see mild punctate staining with fluorescein staining of the cornea. So I guess one of the questions in the KF people may be related around differentiating between the types of conjunctivitis you know differentiating between bacterial viral and allergic conjunctivitis uh, so what are the key features of history which might allow you to differentiate between the types of conjunctivitis so a history of uh, conjunctivitis and of each may both make current bacterial involvement less likely as itch suggests allergic cause, and recurrence suggests viral conjunctivitis. The absence of itch and the absence of positive history of infective conjunctivitis make a diagnosis of bacterial conjunctivitis more probable. So no itch and no no positive history in the past of having conjunctivitis make it more likely to have bacterial conjunctivitis. If you have a purulent sticky discharge, that suggests bacterial infection. A watery discharge is more suggestive of viral or allergic. Preauricular lymph nodes, more suggestive of viral. And eyelids that are stuck together are non-specific, apparently. Although i maybe lump them more in with bacterial, personally. So what are the key investigations you can do in conjunctivitis? So really the main investigation you can do is a swab or PCR. If you're comfortable that it's simple bacterial conjunctivitis, you might want to reserve this if treatment fails, however, if you're not sure, then maybe that will um, help you with your diagnosis. So what is the treatment of simple bacterial conjunctivitis? At this point it's noting uh, the Cochrane Review in 2012, um, which concluded that although acute bacterial conjunctivitis is frequently self-limiting, the use of antibiotic eye drops is associated with modestly improved rates of clinical and microbiological remission. The authors authors concluded that the use of antibiotic eye drops should be considered in order to speed up the resolution of symptoms and infection. So I guess in that it's worth noting that most simple bacterial conjunctivitis is self-limiting. but you do get an increase in um, symptoms and improvement with using uh, topical antibiotics. So the general principles of treatment of simple conjunctivitis is to use a broad spectrum antibiotic that's active against staph aureus, uh, staph epidermis, and strep pneumonia, and H-influenza. So you want to use a broad spectrum antibiotic, and in therapeutic guidelines they list using chloramphenicol or fromycetin. So chloramphenicol, 0.5% eye drops, one to two drops in the affected eye. Every two hours for the first 24 hours, decreasing to QID until the discharge resolves for up to seven days. And you can use ointment at bedtime. Fromycetin, 0.5% eye drops. Used the same way. So every 1 to 2 hours for 24 hours and then decreasing to TDS until the discharge resolves for up to seven days. The newer topical fluoroquinolones are reserved for unresponsive or severe keratitis. Um, I think they're reserved because basically they have uh, you want to limit I guess the amount of uh, antibiotic resistance that involved, and also noting that uh, fluoroquinolones have a poor coverage of strep you want to review the patient every three to five days, you can consider surgical intervention for treatment of causative conditions such as hoodolium, nasolacrimal duct obstruction or sinusitis. Uh, if the patient has contact lenses, instruct them not to wear them, uh, and you might want to use the drops in the day and the ointments at night. And note there was an interesting uh, AFP article in RSCGP on a novel approach to eye drop administration which is basically using your fingertip. So what are some of the complications of chloramphenicol? Some of the complications include uh, hypersensitivity or anaphylaxis to that agent. They can also cause bone marrow hypoplasia or aplastic anemia. You want to use them with caution if you have an individual or family history of blood disorders. Uh, And MIM says they're not to be used when potentially less dangerous agents would be expected to work. They may retard corneal wound healing, and they may result in an overgrowth of non-susceptible organisms, including fungi. What is the pregnancy category of chloramphenicol? So it's pregnancy category A, although there's no evidence at all to support that. uh, And depending on the sources, some sources were reported as being contraindicated in pregnancy. Although I looked on ETG, and it says it's pregnancy category A. Uh, ECG also says that it's compatible with breastfeeding. Some of the complications in breastfeeding are that it may cause grey baby syndrome or myelosuppression, but the usual of ophthalmic levels is not expected to pose a risk, so it's being classified as, as compatible in breastfeeding. What are some tips for use with clozapine that might increase its therapeutic effect? So basically, if you blink, follow it, it um, minimizes the therapeutic effect. Uh, If you occlude the nasolacrimal duct and close your eyelids, that will improve intraocular penetration and decrease systemic absorption. So blocking the duct and closing your eyes afterwards is good, but apparently blinking is bad. So what are the cons of aminoglycoside eye drops? So basically, you get incomplete coverage of strep and staph, so they're not for first-line therapy, and a relatively higher incidence of toxicity to the cornal epithelium with prolonged use of aminoglycosides. As we said before, one of the cons of fluoroquinolones is that it has poor coverage of strep. What are the complications of using ointments as opposed to eye drops? Basically, ointments are messy and they smear. They cause blurred vision that makes them impractical for daytime use. What are the benefits of using ointments instead of eye drops? The benefits of using ointments instead of eye drops are that it maintains the concentration of the agent in the eye longer than the drops, and it's potentially easier to apply if you have arthritis or something similar. so what are the side effects of using steroids in simple bacterial conjunctivitis so I guess the the use of steroids has been controversial in the past because it has shown decreased rates of corneal scarring but some of the bad side effects include uh, that it slows the rate of healing, get an increased risk of corneal melting and increased risk of uh, elevated intraocular pressure What are the criteria for referral to ophthalmology in the case of simple bacterial conjunctivitis? So you want to refer to ophthalmology in severe cases, if there's corneal involvement, if they have any infection in contact lens wearers, history of recent eye surgery or lack of improvement in one week. What is an important condition not to be missed in considering the differentials of simple bacterial conjunctivitis. So if you have a severe conjunctivitis within 24 hours, it's often associated with gonococcal conjunctivitis. So branching off briefly into gonococcal conjunctivitis, what are the features on history of gonococcal conjunctivitis? They're basically having a copious purulent discharge, having a bright red severely inflamed conjunctiva, conjunctival papillae, marked lid swelling, lid tenderness, lymphadenopathy, and you can sometimes see a membrane of inflammatory material over the tarsal conjunctivae. The management of gonococcal conjunctivitis is immediate referral. The complications of gonococcal conjunctivitis is that it has the ability to penetrate the cornea and cause rapid visual loss. The investigations in gonococcal conjunctivitis are that swabs are mandatory if you're considering it and management of gonococcal conjunctivitis is to use topical broad-spectrum antibiotics uh, or use fluoroquinolones, which is ciprofloxacin one-drop hourly, plus IM Keftraxone one gram daily for 5 days. I think it's just use fluoroquinolones. And briefly touching on ophthalmia neonatorum. This is basically if you see conjunctivitis uh, in a newborn within the first 28 days of birth. It's only caused by staph, strep or although 20-40% to 40% are caused by chlamydia and 1% gonococcal. So I think the rates of chlamydia uh, conjunctivitis are far higher if you've got ophthalmia neonatorum. And all cases of ophthalmia neonatorum should be referred to ophthalmology. Cool, that's it for this episode. Thanks a lot for listening, Uh, as always references are available on request and usual disclaimer of um, me trying to make this as good as I can but please don't rely on it solely for uh, medical advice and don't rely on it solely for exam prep. Once again all the cases and material is original, sourced from the wide variety of material available and sourced from my understanding of KFP exams which comes from the Uh, public exam report and the other publicly available KFP prep material. Thanks a lot for listening.